guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. We're going to get into Revelation chapter 1, my friends, and this chapter is awesome, and it is filled with symbolism. Now, to get you, first of all, into a little bit of context, we're going to give you a little who, where, and why. Now, the who, this is written by John the Revelator, John the Beloved. He's written four other books, the book of John, and then we just finished 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John this last week. So where is he? If you go to verse number 9 of chapter 1, it kind of introduces all three of these questions of the who, where, and why. I, John, who am also your brother and companion in tribulation. (laughs) I love how he's just like, look, you're struggling. It's okay. So am I. And in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, Patmos was a prison colony, Roman prison colony there in Greece, and he's put there like many of the other church leaders who were followers of Jesus Christ were often thrown into jail, and John's in a prison colony here. This is him trying to provide followers of Jesus Christ an opportunity to understand the words of Jesus Christ, but he does it with a lot of symbolism. Now, one of the things it actually says here in the Come Follow Me, and I think it's a great way to start off this the symbolism idea. Have you ever struggled to express to others what you felt during a powerful spiritual experience? Everyday language can feel inadequate and describe spiritual feelings and impressions. Perhaps this is why John used such rich symbolism and imagery to describe his majestic revelation. He could have simply just stated that he saw Jesus Christ, but to help us understand his experience, he described the Savior, and we're going to talk more about this here in a second here, using words like these, his eyes were as a flame of fire, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in its strength. So as you read the book of Revelation, try to discover the messages John wanted you to learn and feel, even if you don't understand the meaning behind every symbol. Why might he have compared church congregations to candlesticks, Satan to a dragon, and Jesus Christ to a lamb? Now, as you go through this, chapter one is incredibly symbolic. As I show you right here, you've got so many symbols in the book of Revelation, just in Revelation chapter one. Now, you'll see often the word Seven, the number seven. Now that is Hebrew for Shiva, which means perfect, complete, or whole. You're going to see so many numbers kind of thrown around out here. We're going to address that a little bit this week of just some things that we might know and possibly know that'll help us understand this. Well, as you get into some of the symbols in Revelation chapter one, first of all, and I'm going to try to do my best to try to hit some of these with you here. You got verse number four. It says, John to the seven churches, and we'll talk more about them specifically in the next couple days, which are in Asia. Grace be to you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Now, these seven spirits are most likely servants or leaders who are over the seven churches in Asia. So these are leaders. Now, verse 5 talks about Jesus Christ who has washed us from our sins in his own blood. Again, John is very clear about Jesus Christ there. Verse number 6, you got some symbolism. Hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So really, those kings and priests are the status of those who inherit the celestial kingdom. That's what we know about that. You go to verse number eight. And again, I'm just hitting on a few of these right here. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come. There's that idea there, the Almighty. So Alpha and Omega are the first and last Greek letters of the alphabet representing the eternal nature of Jesus Christ. He's the beginning and the end. He is, he was, and he is to come. That is why he's referred to as the great I am. He's not the great I was. He's not the great I used to be. He's not the, I'm going to be again someday. He 
is the Alpha and Omega. Now he talks about these churches, which we'll get into a little bit more tomorrow. But verse 12, it says, I turned to see the voice that spake unto me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Now these candlesticks give off light. So these could represent the seven churches, which are to hold up the light of the gospel. Many of you are familiar with Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16. Ye are the light of the world, right? The church right now is focusing so much in the month of December about the Light the World initiative. In fact, many of you saw the video that the church put out right there in Times Square, how they kind of shut down Times Square and just showed the goodness of the light of Jesus Christ and just stopping people right there to show them the goodness of Jesus Christ. That's what we are to do. We are to hold up the light of the gospel. Now you go into verses 16 and 17. He had in his right hand, now right hand is generally the covenant hand. It's the right hand of God. Seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was as the sun that shineth in his strength. So these seven stars can be another image of these presiding officers of the seven churches and their need to be an example. Now that sharp two-edged sword represents the word of God. We hear that often. We heard it back in the book of Hebrews. We hear it in the book of Alma and the book of Mormon. How the way we are to hold up that light is to make sure that we are teaching from the word of God and teaching that doctrine right there. Well, and I love verse 18. I am he that liveth and was dead and I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. So these are the keys that unlock the doors of spiritual and physical death and represent our need for that resurrection. Bottom line, Revelation chapter one, and I know we kind of went quickly through that John speaks to the seven leaders of the seven churches and he testifies to them of Jesus Christ, the Alpha and Omega, and he encourages them to be stars that shine and to hold up the light on a candlestick, reminding them that God's right hand is upon them and that his word is sharper than a two-edged sword and that Jesus Christ holds the keys of eternal life in the celestial kingdom. Bottom line, you got to remember the overarching message is that God will win. That's what Revelation 1 is trying to tell you. John's trying to counsel and encourage all of the members of the church out there saying, look, Jesus Christ is at the head of this church. And regardless of what's going on out there, you and I need to step forward. We need to be lights to the world and we need to help them understand that God will win. Revelation chapter one is a great chapter and I love the symbolism and I love what's being taught about Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at bombsocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.